Welcome to Vineyard Hopkinton. As we follow Jesus together, we experience the Holy Spirit, create a multicultural community, and pursue kingdom of God justice. Great to be together today on this beautiful day. Um, fun to hang out. If anyone expects football talk from me, though, go go elsewhere. Um, today we are starting off a new series, Travel Lighter, talking about living differently. Uh, seeing freedom from anxiety, negative thoughts, uh, better relationships. Um, so I think this is going to be a really good series. Uh, today we want to start off talking about living differently, especially in regards to our thought life. So many Christians, uh, we seem pretty similar to the folks around us. We have our job, you do, you do your thing. Uh, occasionally you're talking to someone and they realize that you have this belief in this, this rabbi and this ancient religious text. But a lot of times we look pretty much the same. We, are, we have the same stress, the same success driven, the same pleasure seeking things as everybody else around us. There are a lot of Christians who are kind of on the struggle bus. A lot of Christians who are not really enjoying life. Jesus said that he came to give us abundant life. Not abundant religion, but abundant life. I want to see us freed and released. Uh, really to have joy-filled living where we overcome. And it's not about hashtag winning all the time. Look at me. Isn't my life great? We will always have problems. In fact, research shows that uh, trying to eliminate, decrease the problems does not always lead to greater happiness. We will always have problems. That's not the goal. Uh, what we want to experience is the abundant life that Jesus said he came to bring us in the midst of everything else. Uh, one author I like, he talks about... Um, he grew up around farms, and his, his family, who would go with his dad and his brother uh, to get produce from the neighbor farm. So they'd drive over in, in their pickup truck to get some, some fresh vegetables. And this neighbor farm, they had this dog that was always after him. It was this barky thing, and uh, he, they would get out to, to buy, purchase their, their produce, and he'd hear, bark, 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 bark. And the dog would come running around the corner. And his dad and his brother would stand their ground. Him? He would run. So guess who the dog chased? And he would run to his pickup truck, and he would climb over the edge of the pickup truck, and he would huddle there. I need a prop for this. Can I grab this chair? Thanks. All right. So he would run across there, go to his truck, and he would huddle up there. And he looked a little ridiculous. His brother's just like, oh, man. Did that dog have the power to make him run across the field? Yappy little dog. That dog have the power to lift him up into the truck? Did that dog pin him to the side? No. What he believed about the dog had him huddling in fear in the truck. His dad and brothers knew that that dog had no power over him except what he gave him. And friends, there are things in our life that we believe that is a yappy little dog. 
The power is in the lie, the sleepless nights and the fear is in the the worry and the fear. The panic, the running around like crazy, the stressed out is because of what you think about the problem, not necessarily the problem itself. It's what we believe about it that has us immobilized and huddling around while our big brother and dad just stand there telling the dog to keep on moving. Here, I'll give this back to you. Thanks. So this morning, we know that we cannot eliminate every barking dog. You cannot outrun a dog. I have a 14-pound dog. She has nine-inch legs. She has four of them, however, so she wins every foot race. You cannot outbark a dog. That'd be kind of funny to see you try. You can, however, outsmart or outtruth a dog. We can tell ourselves the truth about the situation, tell ourselves the truth about what is happening, and stand our ground. And maybe you're saying like, well, you know, that's a cute story, little dog and huddling in fear, but is it biblical? Well, think about Peter getting out of the boat, walking on water. Jesus said to come. He looks at Jesus. He's able to walk on water. He looks at the depth of the water and the wind and the waves. He starts to sink. Think about the Israelites. God delivered them activity in, in Egypt, brought them out from under Pharaoh, miraculously rescued them. He has set them on the path. He parts the Red Sea for them. Then Pharaoh decides, actually, I do like my money. I take it back. I want those guys back. Chases after them with the army. They look ahead. They see what God has done for them. They see that he is rescuing them. They look behind them. They see an army chasing them, and they are understandably terrified. If we look at our problems, we will always be scared, whether those problems are puppies or armies. If we focus on Jesus... However, we will be able to stand our ground in what God has done for us and move forward. This morning, we want to focus on God. We want to get our truth from Jesus, not listening to the bark of the world. And the Bible is the best, the only source of deep truth that can confront our deepest fears. So let's pray, and then we will dig into our text for this morning. Jesus, we thank you this morning. You have what we need. Would you speak truth and life and hope to each and every one of us here? Would you just minister to us what we need this morning? You have infinite reserves, Lord God. We come to you with an open heart, an open mind to receive from you, Jesus Would you minister to us, Holy Spirit, what you know we need? Would each of us receive deeply um, from what you have laid out? And Lord God, would your word speak to us this morning? We want your word to be the determining factor in our life, Lord God. And you tell us that in this world we will have troubles. But do not be afraid. You have overcome the world. So would we be honest about what we are facing? Would we be honest about the the state of our our mind, our, our lives, Lord God? Honest about that and turning to you, Jesus, 
to see what you are doing where you will give us faith, hope, and love. So speak to us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, we're going to be looking at Ephesians chapter 6. Uh, Ephesians is a letter written to uh, the church at Ephesus. Um, it's a great, great letter. I love this letter so much. Um, in it, uh, the author really lays out the goodness of following Jesus um, and how amazing the Christian life can be, uh, that we are saved out of our sin, that our past does not hold us down, that God has amazing things for us personally, spiritually, and also together as a community, um, that the things that divide us are broken down. There's uh, instructions for living a good Christian household and, and life, and then it ends. And he says, a final word. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and the authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. You know, guys, just to pause real quick, I know we don't talk about this a lot, and it might seem, you know, old-fashioned or superstitious, but I do think, like, we look around, we see that things are not as they should be. Might it be a good idea to consider, instead of blaming each other, instead of blaming Democrats or Republicans, you say, maybe actually there are some forces that would like to not see humanity flourish, and maybe we could come together... Just just a thought. It's, it's biblical, a biblical thought. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so that you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will be standing firm. Stand your ground. And this imagery, it's... um. Obviously, it kind of makes you think of like a Roman soldier with their shield and helmet and stuff, but it also refers to, it gives us images of the priest when they went into the temple that they had a breastplate and they had a belt when they went to do, um, when they went into minister at the temple. Stand your ground, put on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, Put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all of these, it says a number of times all. Don't just take up one piece. Take up all, each piece, every piece. In addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit which is the word of God. Pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. The word of the Lord. Amen. Well, guys, let's start in on this. The first piece um, is talking about some opposition. You will have some opposition. And for early Christians, for Jesus, for the Bible, there were very real forces of evil. If we picture a little like guy in a red leotard with a pitchfork, that's ridiculous. I don't believe in that either. Some of us have a picture of Satan running around with like 
This little ghost guy with like drugs in one hand and guns and sex in the other. But the reality is that Satan is a lot more limited and a lot lazier than that. Basically, he lies and he lies. Well, he started out in the Garden of Eden, lying and deceiving, twisting things around. He said, I know God told you to do that, but did he really mean it like that? And maybe there's actually another meaning behind it that you might sort of want to do the opposite. He started out lying, and he just really has not bothered to reinvent the game in the last 10,000 years. The devil just kind of, he like lifts up his head sometimes, and he goes, Hey, you stink. You'll never be good enough, and, and God doesn't love you anyways. And then if you pay attention to him, and prop himself up on an elbow and say, You're not going to make it. Just give up now. And if you start repeating that, well, then he will rouse himself and stand up and join you in your stinking thinking and things will progress. The devil is not that creative and he is a little lazy. And, you know, I think we sort of know this when we think about these negative thoughts. You know, I cannot name that many times that someone has come to me and really just laid out a full package of horrible sin for me to engage in. I can't think of many times where I have had thoughts that are just really take me in the wrong direction. It is rare for you to have somebody say to you, you know what you should do? You should definitely cheat on your spouse. It may be common to have thoughts that say he just he doesn't love me that much and is it even worth it and this is so hard and their their partner loves them way more and way better than mine does you know i some of us maybe hang out with uh you know guys at the country club who are not the best influence but i doubt any of them have said you know what you should do you should start drinking every night five beer minimum come on i know you can do it definitely this is the plan for your life what may happen is you come home after a long day of work you're like i'm just so tired what's even the point you know i might as well it's not going to make any difference otherwise it's our thoughts that lead us down these paths. Um, one author I like, uh, John Mark Comer, he wrote a book called uh, Live No Lies, and he talks about the world, the flesh, and the devil, which sounds like, to some of us, super like fundamentalist, old-fashioned, whatever. Um, but we, we've talked about these forces of evil, which the, the devil, which is deceptive ideas. Those little lies, those little underminings, those little like, why bother being so good? And then the reality is that we're often pretty happy to cooperate with uh, th those thoughts. We like things easy. Most of us are okay with a shortcut or, or two. We like comfort. You know, I have worked really hard. I do deserve this. We cooperate with these lies. And then society does not encourage us to take the hard path all the time. Our desires for ease, for comfort, for self-gratification, 
is happy to cooperate with some of these deceptive ideas, and that's reinforced around us. You know, I think about culture and society, the messages we get on social media, kind of some of the norms. These things are not our friend. I think about just in kind of basic examples. Um, I think about what, what we eat and health and body image. Um, just as a little example, if two aliens visited uh, the, the USA, which probably don't take that you know, snippet out of uh, context in my sermon, but if two aliens visited the USA and one of them's like, I'm going to check out the, their food, restaurants, grocery stores, what's easily available for food, he comes back and reports to the other alien. He says, mm, these guys really like their sugar and their salt. I'm sure they are fine with some extra pounds and really like curves. And the other alien says, oh, no. I looked at their magazines and social media and everything. They want to be lean and mean and toned. I bet they are salad joints on every corner, and fruits and vegetables are abundant, and their favorite Super Bowl snack is kale. Society messes us up. It really messes us up. Do this, don't do that. It's not our friend. Normal is not our friend. With finances, the standard is set like this is the stuff you should have. Other people have it. Go ahead, like get get a new car, these vacations. Everyone should go on these nice vacations. Figure out the finances afterwards. It's not helpful. It's not, it's not our, our friend. Um, I just, just got a new car, um, but my old car, the AC would go in and out pretty regularly. Like, so every summer we would drive around real hot for a couple of days until I finally got the car in to, to get the AC tuned up. And then, I know this isn't a great February example, but when you get that AC going and I would drive in the car with my kids, they're like, Oh, guys, don't you feel rich? Be like, no, Mom, everyone has AC. Well, I feel rich, and I'm enjoying it. I'm pretty particular about my food shopping because I just don't like to always be stopping at the store. So I do a big grocery shop once a week, get everything. So it means that we eat the refrigerator down to being kind of bare shelves by day five or six, and then it's really stocked up. And I will stand in front of my refrigerator and just look at all the food in there. Oh, wow. Thank you, Jesus. We are so well provided for. I'm going to reject American cultural assumptions and privileges, and I am going to be happy staring at my refrigerator, guys. John Mark Comer says, you are actually in the middle of a war between lies and truth. Your choice is not whether to fight or abstain from the battle. If you're in a battle, your choice is either to fight or get run over. Your choice is whether to win or to surrender, to build your life on lies or deception, or to make truth your foundation. In our passage today, we're given three commands. Be strong, put on the armor of God, and stand firm. Be strong, put on the armor of God, and stand firm. We are in a battle. It is not easy. We have to exert effort. Be strong, stand firm, and put on the armor of God. 
How, how do we do this? We put on the armor of God. The first item is the belt of truth. Now, especially in days without uh, elastic and spanks and some other helpful tools, you needed your belt to keep everything else in place. The belt is what enables you to move around, to do stuff, and not discover your pants around your ankles. We need the truth in our life to enable us to go out to do hard things, to make hard choices, to accomplish things, and not wind up with our pants around our ankles, to stand firm, to have everything in place. Then it says, put on the helmet of salvation. If you're in a fight, if you're getting beat up, I never have been beat up, but I'm told you protect your head. You protect your head because this is the source, your brain, your mind. We protect our, our brain with salvation. Salvation that tells us that God has redeemed us, that our, our sins are forgiven, that we are not held in our past. In Christ, the old is gone, the new has come. We are saved. We are set free. And that's what protects our minds we take on the shield of faith. Things are going to fly at you. You don't want to just be exposed and opened. We take up faith to say, nope, nope, God is greater than that. We take up faith to say, no, I'm continuing forwards. We take up faith to reject the lies, the accusation of the enemy. And then the... Uh, uh, sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, the only like offensive going forwards tool is not our own, you know, smartness, winsomeness, like, oh, aren't they a great person, successfulness. The only thing we have to go forwards is the Word of God, the real truth of God. Not what we make up, but what God has said from generation to generation is reality. What is the truth that we tie around our waist that holds up everything else? The truth is Jesus. That God has come as a person like you and me. That he is not sitting up in heaven saying, gosh, I wish these guys would get their act together. That God has come as one of us. That he has suffered. That he's been hungry. That he has enjoyed good meals with friends that he has taken on the worst of evil and injustice and oppression, that he has died uh, at the hands of a terrible criminal justice system that refused to crucify Roman citizens because that would have been too barbaric, but they were willing to crucify Jewish minorities, that he suffered, died, betrayed by his friends, and ultimately rose again to have victory over all forces of evil, injustice, oppression, and even death itself. There's a theological term, Christus Victor, um, in Latin, that kind of encompasses or uh, summarizes what Jesus did. Uh, it means Christ conquered. It summarizes everything that Jesus did. Jesus wins. Jesus was human like you and me, so he is able to save humans like you and me. There's no bad thing that Jesus did not go through, so there's no bad thing that Jesus does not have power over. Amen. Jesus wins. Christ conquers. This is the truth. 
Ephesians 4 says, Throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust, deception, desires. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and your attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. Put on new thoughts, new attitudes, so that we can receive the abundant life that Jesus has for us. We want to put on the armor, all of it, all of it, and then stand firm. It doesn't say then fight your way out or, or then, you know, whatever. It says stand firm. Now, standing does not mean that you fix everything. Standing means that you are in a position of receiving everything fixed around you. So God is fighting for you. In fact, God has fought for you. He has won everything for you through Jesus. The battle is decided. We are standing in like a victory zone. We are standing in the promised land. We are staking our territory in the conquered zone. Now, just because it's a conquered zone doesn't mean that there aren't any problems. Just because it's a conquered zone doesn't mean that everybody else realizes that it is a conquered zone. But we are standing in secure territory. Standing in your marriage does not mean that everything is fixed or or, or perfect in it. It means that you stay in an attitude of, this is okay. It's going to be okay. Jesus has made it okay. You are loving and hopeful. You are kind. You are pleasant. You are agreeable. It may not be perfect yet, but you know it's going to be okay because you are standing in a conquered territory. Standing in your finances does not mean that all the dollar amounts in your accounts are right where you want it to be. Standing in your finances means that you know God will provide. You are making wise, calm decisions about your finances. And you know that it will be okay. So you have the ability to stand firm in making good decisions. Standing firm does not mean that everything is fixed. It means that we are waiting and ready and receptive for God to fix everything as we know that he is currently doing. We are not fighting and we are also not abdicating. I think if I had to summarize, what's the kind of like abundant life? What's the like, not hashtag winning life, but what's the life that Jesus wants to give to us? I think I would summarize it as, Victory is trust. Oppression is deceit. Victory is trust. Victory is being able to get off the back of that pickup truck where we are huddled in fear and stand firm, facing the the very real things that are coming at us, very real problems, and some of us are going through major trials and struggles, but that we're able to get off of being huddled in that pickup truck We are able to believe and to act like it. Not just believe theoretically, but act like it in our life. That's what trust is. That we we know and then we act it out, standing firm. Oppression is being huddled up in that back of that pickup truck, unable to move, believing that, you know, if I get fired, I'll never get another job. We'll blow through all. We'll lose our house. Nobody will ever respect me again. Oppression is when the problem takes on the lies of the enemy, the fears of the enemy. 
Victory is when we face to the dogs in our life, believing and acting, that they, knowing that God has worked and is working in our lives. You know, some of you um, know that uh, nine months ago, a year ago, um, my mom got really sick. She was in the hospital for about five weeks, um, so her health just went you know, got, got bad all of a sudden. Um, and then five weeks in the hospital at a certain age is concerning. You start to wonder if, you know, you'll get out of the hospital. Um, and I just, I love my parents. I love my mom. Um, my dad is in, like, perfect health. Um, so I'd like it if, you know, my mom could have wonderful golden years with him. So when she first went into the hospital, I was praying. I was like, God, God, like, who, well, what if she dies? And I felt like God said back to me, what if she dies? I said, excuse me, that is my mother you are talking about. But then I said, well, all right, let's look at this. I said, well, God, you know, you've been so good to us, so good to our family. You have restored so many things in our family. Actually, I do really trust you that you will bring healing and restoration, that you're working in her life, in my life, and then I was freed to have really wonderful times with her uh, at her bedside. I was freed to not march in the hospital and find a medical professional to yell at about why things weren't going better. I was freed to really be with her, to, to face things head on lovingly and with trust. And it was actually a really good time together. I was able to, to look at that barking dog and say, well, you know, if it bites, we'll survive. Because God has always been so, so good. And we, um, Stephen and I, tried to um, plant a church in Rhode Island. It, we did not succeed. Lots of good things happened. It was a great experience. I'm really glad we followed Jesus in obedience. But our stated goal did not happen. And uh, as, as we were working, trying to start this new congregation there, occasionally I would think, if this doesn't get off the ground, I'm just, I'm going to move to Montana. Like, I'm not sure I could face, you know, I told everyone, we're planting a church. And then if there is no church that is planted, like, I'm just going to crawl into a hole. And then it happened. And then I realized, actually, look, that wasn't even so bad. You know, I still, everyone, I still have all my friends. Nobody's called me a loser to my face. Like, look, that wasn't that bad. But it's kind of like riding a bike. You don't learn how to ride a bike through watching videos. You got to get on the bike and try at some point in time. And I had to actually fail and realized that it was okay that God had me, that I was indeed standing in conquered territory, that Jesus has won everything for me, that I could face those fears and failures head on. Um, as we wrap things up today, um, you probably will have seen on your seats a little white sheet of paper. Um, if you want to go ahead and grab that. Look, no one's in the front row, so I've got an extra copy. Imagine that. So 
In just a minute, I'm going to give us some time to actually walk through this together. Um, and I apologize if I do not have my math right or a distribution right. That happens to me frequently. Um, can look around, grab from someone else, whatever. Um, but in just a minute, we're going to walk through this together. I'm going to give you a minute. There's some little pencils. Um, you can maybe borrow a pen from a friend to walk through this together because I think it's so, so important. I have to do this every day. Um, I think all of us have to do something like this to win the battle in our minds. Um, but what it is, it's where we write down what, what's the problem, what's the tension, what's the fear, the anxiety, the worry. And then what's kind of the lie behind it? Why are we so concerned about this? What's the like sting behind it? And then we don't combat it with our own good ideas. We combat it with the word of God. What is the scripture that just cuts it off and says no? So let me pray for us, and then I'll walk through, we can walk through this slowly together. But let's pray. Jesus, I pray right now that you would really help us identify in just an atmosphere of grace and love. Just identify what's kind of digging at us what's weighing on us, what you want to free us from, Lord God. You have come to give us abundant life. It starts uh, in, in our minds. We want to receive that today, specifically, Lord God, not just in some vague, religious, nice spiritual terms, but we want to receive that specifically. So Jesus, would you help us to identify? Would you speak truth to our minds? Would you free us and release us today? In Jesus' name. If you feel like you need to pray a little bit more, go ahead. Um, but the rest of us, um, we can start in on some of this. So the first one, what's, what's weighing on you? What's the we uh, worry, the fear? Maybe even what's the sensation? Sometimes our bodies are a lot smarter than we are. We're like, oh, no, 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 I'm fine, I'm fine. My shoulders are just a block of concrete. Like, really, I'm fine. I just have this pain in my stomach. What, what's the problem? What's presenting? What, what nags at you? What keeps you awake at night? Just want to go ahead, write that down. Oh, yeah, I have an example. Uh, we, we did this with the um, youth group. Um, so, like, I'm worried about my grades, this test. Well, well what's behind it? Is it really just, you know, if I get a C, I got a C on the test? What's the lie behind it? Well, maybe if I get, you know, I've been such a great student, that was my thing, my identity. If I get bad grades, I'm less valuable, less of my identity in who I am. So what's the lie behind it? What's the fear? You know, a promotion would be nice, but... I feel like I have to get it because then I'll be proud of myself because then what's the power behind it? Um, I think for, for myself, you know, sometimes if, it, if it's a problem with family, like what's the power behind it? Well, then, you know, we just won't be happy together. I really want to we can be happy with like lots of problems going on in our family life. 
And then lastly, what's the real truth that we need to sink into our hearts, into our soul to combat that? Um, And finding God's truth that really just speaks into that is a little bit of a process sometimes. You can email me, what do you think is a really good verse for this? Or ask a friend, um, you know, John 3.16 is a great verse. It may not speak to your real fears about financial provision. It may not speak to your real, like, um, addiction to success. Um, But when you find the word that God has for you, I guarantee it will cut the lie off at its knees. It will end it. And we repeat that truth. We repeat the God's word. And it just, it rewires our brains. It reconfigures um, our future. We have freedom when we claim God's truth over our situations. So. Well, friends, as, as we finish that up, um, let me pray for us. You know, if there's something on here that you say, ah, oh, I would like to be freed from this. Just place your hand over your heart. Give it to Jesus. Jesus, we thank you that you are a good surgeon, that you go in, you find the, the thing, and you take it out, that you do good, precise work, Lord God. So I pray your freedom over our thought lives and what we have identified and written down on these papers, Lord God. Would you really bring us real freedom today and this next week, this season of our lives, Lord God? Would you break these things off in Jesus' name by the power of your blood and in the truth of your word? In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, Neil Anderson said that there is no need for the Christian to defeat the devil. We don't need to do that. Jesus has already done that. We just need to believe it and to act like it. The worship team wants to come on up. Romans 8 says, If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Now, people may come against us. They will not be effective. People may have negative opinions about us. They don't get a vote. Since God did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us, won't he also generously, happily give us everything else? Who dares accuse us whom God has chosen for his own? If God picks you, you're on the team. No one, for God himself has given us right standing with himself. Who will condemn us? No one, for Jesus Christ died for us and was raised to life for us. He is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand, pleading for us. Can anything, anything ever separate us? from Christ's love. Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or persecuted, hungry, destitute, in danger, threatened with death? No. Despite all these things, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is is ours through Christ who loved us. Let's stand together. Mm -hmm.